We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince Dadera, the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, the incomparable Brian Driscoll, who is the publisher of irishbreakdown.com. Brian, how are you doing today, young man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Just ready to talk a little Notre Dame Clemson with a lot of focus on Clark Lee and what's going on with him. And then obviously signing days tomorrow. It's going to be nice to sit down and talk a little ACC championship. Absolutely. So today we're going to we're going to jump right in with some matchups. Uh, we're we're going to focus on the Notre Dame offense versus the Clemson defense. And of course, the headline going into this one is Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Clearly a big deal. OK, mm-hmm. we're, we're not diminishing that. And of course, we'll happens to be the best player in college football. But, but I, yes, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, but. And we'll talk about that when we talk about the Clemson offense versus the Notre Dame defense. But today we are going to focus on the Notre Dame offense because, look, the Notre Dame offense is extremely important because, and I'll, I'll be the John Madden here, if Notre Dame can't score points, they're not going to win the game. So uh, it's important. And they can't go two and a half quarters without scoring a touchdown like they did the last time they faced right. Clemson. Because so, let's not forget that Notre Dame gave up more points in regulation against Clemson in November than they gave up to Clemson in the college football playoff game two years ago. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So uh, can't do that. Uh, So this Notre Dame offense is going to have their work cut out for them. And, of course, the Clemson defense is going to be getting back a Mm -hmm. couple of key players, Mm -hmm. uh, probably what their two best players, I would would say. I would argue three of their four best players. If not, their three best players are going to be back. That's fair. So, uh, first of all, why don't you highlight those guys real quick? Uh, the, the guys that are coming back for those mm-hmm. people that have been living under a rock and don't know what's happening. 
but highlight those guys and then we'll jump into a little bit more specific conversation well the biggest guy coming back to me is tyler davis their defensive tackle you know this is a guy that that last year for clemson was as a was a freshman all-american i mean he was a better version of of kyle hamilton for them i mean he was he was brilliant he was a guy that had a big freshman season talented player 300 300 pound guy but but he's also a good athlete venture he's not your typical He's not like Dexter Lawrence, you know. He's just a big, strong, physical, uh, you know, run stuffer. This is a guy that that last year had 10, 10 tackles for loss and six and a half sacks as a true freshman. You know, this is a guy that can get after the quarterback. And one of the issues Clemson has had this year is is rushing the quarterback with yeah. their four. It's been a problem at times, and it especially against lines like Notre Dame. So, <clears throat> getting Tyler Davis back. Uh, especially when you consider Notre Dame won't have Jarrett Patterson, right? Uh, yeah, makes this a, a a challenge certainly. And then behind him, uh, you have two pretty good linebackers in Mike Jones Jr. and uh, James Skalski. Now, Mike Jones Jr. has a higher pro football focus grade than Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, which says two things: number one, Mike Jones Jr. is really good, and number two. Pro football focus has really lost itself in the last couple of years uh, when it comes to grading players. Clemson has like four or five starters graded ahead of Notre Dame's best player on defense. But that's a, a different debate for a different day. The point is Mike Jones is a good football player, and James Skowski is sort of their – uh, you know, their captain, their, their Drew Tranquil from a couple years back. Yeah. You know, um, I think there's a debate to be had about whether or not as an actual football player, he adds a lot of value, just him directly. I think that's a different conversation. I think Mike Jones adds more as an actual football player between the snap and, you know, between the whistles, I should say. Uh, but I think James Skowski adds a lot of value to what happens before the snap, especially when you consider how young and inexperienced their defensive line is. Having that quarterback that can make sure everybody's lined up and make sure, sure the checks are made and the calls are made, and when Notre Dame motions and shifts, that they're getting into and out of the the right looks, and you know those kind of things can be the difference between them checking it into a play that stops a 65 yard touchdown run or not. And, and of course, that's what happened on on Notre Dame's, I believe, first play from scrimmage, uh, the last time these two teams met. So those are certainly important. Now they're banged up in, in a couple other positions. You know, their, their safety Xanders is banged up. You know, he's questionable. He should play, but a little questionable. Uh, Andrew Booth is is a little banged up, which you know you guys covered in the Opponent Insider podcast. So um, you know he he went down a good rundown of who's going to who's still banged up, but. In the front seven, at least, this is going to be a better unit. Now, they won't have Jake Venables, who right. uh, is the defensive coordinator's son. He is out. Uh, but uh, he, he was going to kind of be the the backup to Skowski. Now, Skowski can't play. And remember, he came back for the Virginia Tech game and, and didn't make it out of the first quarter. Uh, from what Clemson said, I believe, is like he it was cold in the mountains of Virginia, so he couldn't get loose. I don't know how much warmer it's going to be this weekend. I have to look at the weather report, but it's not going to be, you know, mid-September weather yeah it's not Miami it's not California yeah so if if James Skowski's healthy and can play the whole game losing Jake Venables isn't a huge loss there's other talented players but but if James Skowski goes down again or if James Skowski is not 100 percent and and can't player is ineffective now all of a sudden not having Jake Venables is a big deal so uh, it's going to be an interesting look. They're going to have a lot different look and feel. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, the big the big one being Tyler Davis. If they didn't have Tyler Davis back and had the two linebackers back, I wouldn't – I'd say there's not that much of a difference. Yeah. Having Tyler Davis back is, to me, the big key. No, it makes a lot of sense. Let's pause real quick uh, so we can get a word from American Prodigy. 
Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Okay, welcome back. Uh, let's get into some some more specifics uh, in, in this matchup. Let's talk about the Notre Dame pass offense versus Clemson. Uh, so th- this is this is where Ian Book will uh, either either shine or not, frankly. Uh, mm-hmm. So and, and look, there's going to be a lot on Ian Book's shoulders, and we're, we're going to talk about. Uh, some matchups to watch a little bit later, and there's one in particular uh, on, in this regard that I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on, and you, you kind of hinted at it uh, uh, before we had our ad, but um, what are your thoughts on the Notre Dame pass offense versus what Clemson wants to do to Ian Book in this offense? Or, yeah, the pass offense versus uh, the Clemson defense. So, Vince, I, I, it, this is an interesting conversation. In, in, you pull up the screen here, which is an article from irishbreakdown.com. We did our stacking up article uh, where we look at, uh, you know, how Notre Dame stacks up on paper. And this is kind of first the overall offense and defense against each other. And you can see scoring defense is very similar. Uh, Clemson's a little bit better there, and they're strong right here. And to me, this right here, this third down, is going to be a big part of this game. Yeah. And it's going to be a big part of Notre Dame's ability to be successful in the pass game. If you look at these numbers right here, it looks like, to me, it looks like Clemson has the advantage. You know, fewer points per game. Yards per attempt rank is about the same. Notre Dame is better on touchdowns. Clemson has a better pass efficiency defense and that kind of thing. But when you really look at who Clemson has played this year, Vince, they haven't really played anybody that's good at throwing the football. And they've had a couple games where, you know, we've talked in the past about you know, Notre Dame's run defense numbers can get kind of skewed when they play uh, Navy. Well, pass defense numbers can get skewed in those kind of games too. And if you look at at Clemson in the second game of the year, they played the Citadel, mm-hmm. who passed for 76 yards. Citadel is a FCS triple option team. Right. Uh, and then they had a game or, you know, a couple of Miami didn't throw the ball that well. Georgia Tech didn't throw that ball that well. And last really five games, especially last four games, uh, their past defense has been a little bit more vulnerable, but even early in the year, Wake Forest exposed some things, Virginia some, exposed some things. And, and I've been saying all year, this is a vulnerable secondary. Uh, this is a secondary, in my opinion, even when healthy is not a secondary that necessarily can um, – those stakes right there underneath on that are just making me like want to stop this show and go go have lunch. Um, you know, but, but you know, Notre Dame's kind of got some numbers too. These are season long numbers, but if you look at Notre Dame's success in the last four games, you know, Notre Dame's up over about almost to 290 yards per game. Their yards per attempt is up. Their pass efficiency is way up. So right. these numbers can, can be a little bit misleading. And if you look at Javon McKinley, as an example, these are Ian books right here. These are Ian books numbers over the last, uh, four games. You know, 289 passing yards per game. And this is what Javon McKinley has done during that stretch. Javon McKinley's had three 100 plus yard games in the last four games. It started with Clemson. He's had four 100 yard games so far this year, Vince, receiving wise, which is more than Chase Claypool had last year. It's just as many as Miles Boykin had, or more than Miles Boykin had. Only Michael Floyd has tied that number of four, of four 100 or more receiving yards in a game in a season. And only Will Fuller has surpassed that. That wow. puts into context just how good 
Javon McKinley has been in the last month of the season. So when you look at those numbers, you know, and and that coincides with Clemson not being as good. You know, Clemson gave up 310 to Notre Dame. They gave up 202 to Virginia Tech, which if Virginia Tech had a better quarterback situation, there were guys open. There were plays to be made in the pass game that weren't there. Um, I think the big key, however, is going to be this bottom number here, which is sacks. Yes. Uh, Clemson was not able to consistently get after Ian Book, and we can we can kind of take that those those things down now, Vince. But uh, you know he he the inability to consistently get after the quarterback against good teams is going to be a big part of this game on both sides of the ball. It's yep. going to be true for both defenses and for Notre Dame. It's there's a different element to this game now this time, and that is the return of Tyler Davis, who is a legitimate pass rushing weapon up the middle. Now, again, he's not like Aaron Donald or anything like that, but he's he's a very sure, good yeah. disruptive pass player, and he's going against a, a a center that's going to be making his second career start, and that's true no matter who starts at center because right. Josh Lugg only has one career start at center, and Zeke Carell has only one career start at center. Um, Percy, I would I would hope that Zeke Carell is healthy because I think his being him being shorter and having that lower pad level is going to be good against a guy like Tyler Davis, where where Josh Lugg has had issues up the middle is he gets too high because he's 6'7", six, 6'7 seven, uh, six, seven and a half. And so a guy like Tyler Davis, who's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, can kind of get under those pads and really ride that 6'7 guy back into Ian Book's face. Stand him up. I think can hurt you know, Ian Book's confidence in the pocket, and we saw that against we saw that against Syracuse, where there are times where Josh Lugg will get stood up, and even when he get knocked back, that 6'7 guy's right in front of your face, and he's – all of six seven, uh, when he's getting when when you're getting underneath his pads, that can really disrupt a six foot. That can disrupt a six three quarterback, much less a six foot quarterback, which is what Ian Book is. So, um, I think that to me is the key. If they can give Ian Book time, and Tommy Reese can come up with a game plan that's going to be a little different than last time, uh, but still utilize some of the things that they did well. They utilized Tommy Trumbull early in the game. The tight ends are going to have to be a big part of this. You know, we talked in the last game. The tight ends against the safeties are a big matchup in this game. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Michael Mayer didn't have a great first performance early. He's going to have to play better for four quarters and not wait till the second half like he did last time. Tommy Tremble's going to have to be a factor in the pass game. Because I, I have a feeling Clemson's going to say, hey, Javon McKinley's not going to beat us throwing the ball down the field. You're going to have to beat us somewhere else. Uh, and that means Ben Skoranek's going to have to play a lot better than he did last time. You know, Avery Davis is going to have to make some plays. But the tight ends, to me, are the key. And then the other key is, is are there ways for Notre Dame to do two things with the pass game? Number one right. is find ways to isolate your running backs against their linebackers. If you're able to do that, it does two things. Number one, it gives you matchup advantages, whether it be Kyron Williams or Chris Tyree, it gives you matchup advantages. That, those are areas where you can have success, whether it be wheel routes, angle routes, lining them up outside. I think, I think they did that with Kyron Williams in the first game. Maybe it was Boston College. We'll line them up outside and, and force them to decide to either bring a safety down, which means no help over the top against your tight ends or Javon McKinley, or they're going to have to bump a linebacker out to isolate that, which then accomplishes the second thing. If they're worried about your running backs coming out of the backfield on free releases, it's going to force Brent Venables into some interesting scenarios of, do I bring six or seven here? Right. Knowing they may just swing that back out or, or run that back on a seam or angle behind our blitzing linebackers. And now Kyron Williams or Chris Tyree has to get covered by a safety coming from depth where now good luck tackling Kyron Williams in that situation. And if you miss, it's a big play. And so 
Uh, those are things where Tommy Reese is going to have to be real creative. Notre Dame is not going to be able to just line up and run it at Clemson and run it down their throat and hit a couple big plays. They're going to have to get real creative in this game because now Brent Venables has seen what Tommy Reese's offense looks like in its base, ba basic form. So how do you counterpunch some of those things? Clemson is, I think, going to attack you early. They're going to try to create some big plays early on defense. So what does Tommy Reese have dialed up with the pass game to beat that? Last game, the run game set up the pass. I think in this game, Clemson's going to say, you're not going 65 on snap one against us. If you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us throwing the football. And, and that means Tommy Reese has to have some stuff drawn up. You know, I would say taking a shot or two early uh, off of play action, using your tight ends on some screens or maybe a throwback or something like that, something to loosen Clemson up. Um, you know, using your running backs in the pass game, not just having them, you know, five and six, you know, six and seven man protect all the time where you're asking your receivers to go constantly win the one-on-ones. So this is going to be a true test for Tommy Reese that you've now seen this great defensive coordinator twice. And what kind of, what kind of tricks do you have up your sleeve to really take advantage of Clemson's aggressiveness? Cause let's not forget Vince, you know, Notre Dame scored a lot early. They were up 16 to 10. In the second quarter, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa returns a fumble, uh, 20, 23 yards for a touchdown to make it 23 uh, uh, to 10, right? But that's right. kind of when Clemson started to climb back in the game. Notre Dame scored a touchdown on their first, first drive of the game, right? They didn't score another offensive touchdown until the final drive of, of, of regulation. Right. So they went a long time in this game without scoring an offensive touchdown. You cannot allow that to happen. You can't settle for four field goals, five field goals, excuse me, like you did last time, and you can't hope that your defense is going to get you another score. And that's something that we need to remember when we're talking about Notre Dame scored 33 points and all these other kind of things. They had some short fields. Uh, they have the defensive touchdown. Um, and remember, after the defensive touchdown, Notre Dame got the ball back again and had a short field on, on uh, another possession, which they were only able to get a field goal out of. When your defense gives you those kind of opportunities in this game, you have to take advantage. Uh, you know, Notre Dame had a scoring drive against Clemson that went minus two yards was their scoring drive. And it was that fumble where Jeremiah Wusu knocked the ball out from behind and then Nick McLeod recovered it. Notre Dame was in great position, but they lost two yards and had to settle for a field goal. Um, those things can't happen in this game. Right. Notre Dame is going to have to score uh, on offense. They're going to have to put the ball in the end zone. They're going to have to turn some of those zone trips that were field goals last time into touchdowns. Those things are going to have to happen. And part of that is going to be you're going to have to generate big plays. Clemson is a hard defense to consistently, Vince, move the ball up and down the field. Yeah. And, and when you play a defense like that, you have to generate big plays. And to me, those are going to come in the passing game. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Notre Dame had a lot of success in the run game in the last game, uh, over 200 mm -hmm. yards. Now, granted, 65 of that came on one play. I get that. But they still had a lot of success. They were able to keep drives going, et cetera, using the run game. Well, they're about 60, 60 or so yards on scrambles, too. You know, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, and that's part of the run game. I mean, I, I, look, I know that's not a design part of the run part game. Of the run but that's, I don't, okay, I wouldn't necessarily, just because, well, I mean, because the reason I say that, Vince, is it's, it's not something that's going to force Clemson to defend your run game differently. Right, like ripping off a twenty-yard scramble doesn't force Clemson to say, "Hey, we got to change something because they're hurting us with the run game." That's going to affect how they how they 
a change in the pass game. So again, those those yards matter. I just yeah. don't think it necessarily counts as to your point. You know, I don't think it necessarily counts as are you using your running game to set up your passing game? I don't think those scrambles do that. I think they help, but they're no. just a little bit different. So that, that's kind of no, what I mean by it. I get that. I get that. They, they didn't have an answer for Ian Book on the ground, though, either. I mean, that, neither did their last four opponents. Yeah, that's true. That is a good right. point. So, <laughs> so give me some more thoughts on the Notre Dame run game versus Clemson, uh, and then we'll take a quick break. Well, you know, Vince, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting matchup too, um, and, and we can kind of pull those those numbers up again and, and show people the numbers because this is this is a very evenly matched part of the game. When you you look at overall rank, uh, you know yards per attempt. Again, I th- I think that's a little misleading because of some of the teams that Clemson has been able to play this year. Um, you know, weren't weren't very good. You know, they held Citadel to one point eight yards per game. You know, they held Pitt to 0.7 yards per game, and Pitt's not great running the ball. But, you know, Citadel's an FCS opponent. You know, you take that game out, they're over three right. yards in attempt. You know, Notre Dame Notre Dame went for 5.2 yards attempt, which, you know, say, well, that's because they had a 65-yard touchdown. Well, that counts. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like – it wasn't like a busted play, right? You, that's my point. Right. It wasn't like a – you know, where I tend to eliminate those things is like there was a busted play, and 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 that <laughs> went – no, Notre Dame blocked no, – they ran a twist. Notre Dame picked up the twist blocked it perfectly, got to the second level, opened up a run, and they had a safety that had a chance to make Kyron Williams miss or make a tackle on Kyron Williams' space, and they couldn't do it, and he made a miss. Right. Well, hey, guess what? Right. If Nolan Turner gets in space against Kyron Williams again in this game, it's going to be a big play again, right? That's just because Kyron Williams is a better player than Nolan Turner in space. So right. uh, this is an even matchup, and, and this is, to me, this is the part of the game that Clemson is going to be focused on stopping. Because mm-hmm. I think they're going to believe, hey, we're, we're going to be good enough up front now that Tyler Davis is back. Well, we're going to be able to eliminate some of the running room that Ian Book had. Because even though Ian Book was able to make plays running the ball uh, and, and other opponents haven't had an answer, what North Carolina and, and, and Syracuse did show, however, is that Ian Books has to do more um, creative plays when you get pressure right up the middle. If you bring pressure off the edge, he's going to do exactly what he did in overtime, step into the pocket, take off running. What hurt him what hurt North Carolina and Syracuse was he was able to get out of the pocket and then make plays after inside pressure. Well, Clemson is good enough on the edge to get pressure up the middle and outside. Syracuse wasn't good enough. So Syracuse by by getting pressure up the middle and same with North Carolina, they had to sacrifice edge pressures, which allowed Ian Book to get out of the pocket. Sure. Syracuse is good enough with Tyler Davis and with their linebackers. They can blitz up the middle and have uh, Miles Murphy kind of coming off of a wide rush to where there's nowhere for Ian Book to go. And so uh, that's what's going to be different, which means there's going to be a lot of pressure put on the interior players to be able to hold their ground and create a pocket for Ian Book to where there's gaps between the interior rushers and the wide rushers a tackle that he can kind of step in and then out of the pocket. You know, because there's three ways to get out away from a pass rush, Vince. You know this. There's just an escape outside rush, right? Just kind of spin out or run out. They're right. stepping right into the pocket to a running lane. And then there's the other, which is to step up, then out. Well, that requires you to have some gap between the edge rushers and the tackles. And so those are going to be the instances where Ian Book is going to make plays. But also those are the instances where he needs to be able to step up and throw the ball. So, uh, if Notre Dame's not able to establish the run game, 
then that allows Clemson, in my view, Vince, and I'm curious of your thoughts on this, if they don't run the ball effectively, that's going to make it a lot easier for Clemson to kind of bring their rushers off the edge and basically say, we're going to keep everything inside. We're not going to let you get out of the pocket. Uh, or it can it can allow Clemson to kind of manipulate Ian Book out of the pocket from the outside into the waiting arms of their linebackers or edge players. You, you know what right. I mean? So to me, by by running the football effectively, especially if Clemson is bringing extra guys in the box, if you're still able to run the football, I think that's where Notre Dame is going to have to be uh, effective. And it, it's not going to be for 200 yards again. At least I don't think they run for over 200 yards again. That's just a phenomenal performance. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, if they can be like around 150, yeah, you know, right. 100, you know, somewhere around there, you know, average about four and a half yards of carry to where you have to, you have to keep Clemson respecting your, cause what can happen Vince is, and this is where I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it is if Notre Dame is able to keep Clemson, even if they're not churning out big yards or big numbers, if they're able to keep Clemson focused on stopping the run, which means four yards here, five yards there, moving the chains, getting into third and shorts, those kind of things, where now your your quick passing game and your things like that are working, then that then that will set up bigger opportunities in the pass game. Agreed. So so if they can keep Clemson at eight in the box, that is going to be important, even if the run numbers are super high. Because I think lots of say, well, you know, run success equals. 200 yards but that's not well, the case in the game i don't think life. you can monetize it ahead of the game you know what i mean because I, I i think it you'll be able to and then this is where again the eye test etc comes in because look what was what was the strategy by clemson in the past or in the last game uh that they played where they were successful and they had all their pieces in 2018 mm-hmm. they didn't trust the book to beat them with his arm so they packed the box they prevented Notre Dame from running the ball and the offense was done okay mm-hmm. and that was old ian book Mm-hmm. If they do that again, I have a little bit more confidence that Ian Book is going to be successful. The problem is he's 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 been successful the last few weeks when he can step up and out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if they can prevent that from happening, if they can fill those gaps and they can fill those holes and then just squeeze that that uh, that hole down, uh, that pocket on Ian Book and just squeeze it down and not have those escape routes, Ian Book's going to struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to struggle at that point. Um, so that's what they're going to be looking to do. And I agree with you. If, if he can just get that ball out to uh, to running backs, tight ends in the flat, just get it outside that rush, they're going to have options in space. And I like mm-hmm. Notre Dame skill players in space. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that could be something that I would like to see. I mean, you mentioned the tight ends, uh, you know, getting behind the linebackers, et cetera. Because remember last time, and then this was part of a personnel thing, uh, Clemson didn't have the personnel to rush for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't getting to Ian Book. So they were bringing linebackers. They were bringing pressure. They were trying to manufacture pressure on Ian Book. Um, and the, run game. And, the right. run game. and And they may not have to do that this time. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But if they do, if they start bringing pressure with those linebackers, they have to hit the tight ends behind. They have to. Because that's going to be an opportunity you can't pass up. There's not going to be as many opportunities, I don't believe, in this game. So you have to take ones that are staring you in the face. And I think that one could eventually stare them in the face. And that's why Tyler Davis is so important for Clemson. And that's why neutralizing Tyler Davis is so important for Notre Dame. Because yeah. Tyler Davis is the key to Clemson not having to overcommit to the run game. That He's right. the key. If he plays to his potential, 
then they don't have to bring six man pressures with their right. six man run stunts with their linebackers. They don't have to have their safeties inserting at the snap, which then creates those big play opportunities to to Javon McKinley and and Avery Davis and hopefully the tight ends. If if they're able to control you know, win the battle up front, because Notre Dame whipped Clemson in the first yes, game. Yes, they did. Yes, whipped they did. Clemson in the trenches. Uh that allowed that forced Clemson to your point to to not just bring the extra guys to to stop Ian Book, but to shut down the run game because they were just getting their butts kicked up front. Tyler Davis is can can be the kind of the neutralizer, but Notre Dame is also good enough because they're getting Tommy Kramer back to say we can still move him. You've got two professional players at guard and and Tommy Kramer and Aaron Banks to to varying levels. Uh, you know, can Zeke Carell play well enough with help from the guards? to neutralize Tyler Davis, because if they can neutralize Tyler Davis, then they're back to square one. Clemson yes. is. And that is you have to insert your linebackers on run stunts. You have to insert your safeties down to protect the linebackers. What that means basically is this, to get into a little bit of an X's and O's, is if you – a run stunt is like it's a blitz, but it's designed to stop the run. So there's pass blitzes and run blitzes. A, a run mm-hmm. blitz I call stunts. Um, but it's not always a stunt, you know, in that like there's a lineman slooping and those kind of things. So run, run blitz, run stunt, whatever the case may be, but you're bringing the linebackers at the snap. In order to do that su- successfully, you have to you have to then bring your at least at least one safety down to be on that second level because now there's no second level defenders. It's just your line and your two blitzing linebackers are now just, they're all at the same level. Or even if it's three, you know, the way Notre Dame lines up a lot of times, if they can get that other linebacker out of the box, now all of a sudden there's this big gap between your first level and your third level. Well, what a lot of teams do when they stunt or they run blitz is they'll bring a safety down in the box to replace or fill or fit behind those players. So if the running back gets past the first level, there's now a safety at linebacker level to to try to make a tackle for a four or five yard gain. What Notre Dame has to do is they have to force those safeties to come down. If if Clemson is eating Notre Dame up with its front four and they don't have to insert the linebacker. So the linebackers can just kind of to flow to the ball and make plays, which is what made, uh, you know, which is kind of how the Notre Dame 2018 run defense was. You know, the defensive line was pretty good, and so Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney can just kind of read and react and go fly the ball. So they weren't the dominant shutdown run defense they had this year, but teams weren't also racking up big numbers against them that year either. They were real consistently good against the run. So, and that allows you to keep your safeties back. And that's why Notre Dame had such a good pass defense in 2018, because they didn't have to insert their safeties all the time. They could do it when they wanted to. Now, what what happens is, is if you have to then attack with your linebackers and then now you have to bring your sa- at least one safety down to fit, that means you've got more as an offense, you've got more one-on-ones on the outside. That also means that there's bigger opportunities for bigger plays because if you get through that first level, there's a lot less behind it to keep that big play from happening. Sure. And so I think those are the reasons why it's so important that Notre Dame wins the battle up front. And it, I don't think it'll be as impressively as it was last time because the personnel's different. Notre Dame is down a starting offensive lineman who's a pretty good player. Clemson has some a good defensive lineman back. Uh, but I do think it's still a battle Notre Dame needs to win because if they can keep Clemson in the box, seven, eight guys in the box, then I do think Notre Dame has the weapons outside to do damage. Now in 2018, they had guys open. Ian Book didn't make the throws. To your point, in the last month, we've seen we've seen Ian Book start making more of those throws. The key, however, 
is Tommy Reese has to come up with creative enough ways to make Clemson pay. It's one thing to move the football, but what happened in 20 in the game in November is Tommy Reese couldn't consistently come up with enough ways to allow Notre Dame to make Clemson pay for being overly aggressive. If you look at Notre Dame's success in that game, they had some yards in overtime because they had two 25-yard drives in overtime, which added 50 yards to the stat. They added 91 yards in the last drive of the game, right, when Clemson was out of their base defense and in a two-minute defense. They had some big plays then. But if you look after the first quarter, after the first play of the game, to the last drive of the game, there was a lot of football in between where the offense was ineffective. Either they couldn't move the ball or the times they did, they were forced to settle for field goals or you know they'd turn the ball over. You can't have that. You have to have you have to be able to hurt them consistently with chunk plays. It doesn't have to be 50 yarders, but 15, 20, 25. But that comes from creativity. That's not as much about Ian Book making the plays. You got to give him the opportunity to make those plays with well-designed calls that aren't just about what you do, but you have to have the foresight to say, this is how they're going to attack us. What can we do to attack that? They didn't do that against Syracuse. They didn't do that against North Carolina. They didn't. They just out-talented those two teams. You can't do that against Clemson. Schematically, you're going to have to have some things to where you say, okay, we know what you're going to do to us, and we're going to, we're going to number one, we're going to do our thing, but number two, we're going to have some stuff for you. You're going to bring those blitzes, bring those six, seven-man stunts, and we got something for you. Watch what we're about to do with Tommy Trumbull. Watch what we're about to do with Chris Tyree, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's going to be a key to me for me. Now, I know that you've picked out a couple of matchups to watch. I've got a couple of matchups to watch. But before we get to that, uh, we need to hear from one of our sponsors, and that's Indeed, Brian. Yes, and 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only site that can move as fast as you do. And according to Comscore, 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners, our listeners, Brian, a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Brian. So I know you picked out a couple matchups. I've got a couple of matchups written down right here off camera because I don't want you to see them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to go first. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bat lead off on, on my matchups uh, mm-hmm. to keep an eye on here. My first one, and we've, we've touched on both of these. I don't know how deep we need to get into them. 
Um, but my first one is going to be Tyler Davis versus Zeke Carell. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that's obvious, but Tyler Davis is arguably the best player on this defense. He wasn't even there last time, and neither was Zeke Carell. Zeke Carell's a backup. Mm-hmm. Zeke Carell has to be in there because Jarrett Patterson is injured. What is that matchup going to look like? Is Zeke Carell going to be able to hold his own? Now, I realize he's going to get help mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, from Banks and from Kramer. and um, you know They're going to pass him off, and they're going to do what they can because they're not going to keep doing the same thing to Davis every time because he'll end up beating you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still going to be a couple of opportunities where it's going to be one-on-one. Um, there, there's, he's going to have to play a heck of a game uh, to try to neutralize Davis. And it's, it's going to be a team effort, again, like I said, but can he get those snaps? Can, you know, there's so much that goes into being a center, especially when you have such a stud right on your head like that. So that's a matchup I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Obviously, it's Tyler Davis versus the offensive line, but specifically Zeke Carell. Yeah, and when you look at Tyler Davis, not only is he back in the lineup, you know, he only played five games in the entire regular season, but his two most high-volume snap games were against Pitt and Virginia Tech their last two games. So not only is he back, but he's back healthy. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But look, Zeke Carell's a good football player. Yes, in the same grade, meaning Tyler Davis isn't some you know fourth or fifth year senior that's got that grown man strength that Zeke Carell lacks. Uh, Zeke Carell was a top one hundred player in the same class. I think Zeke Carell is capable of playing to that level. I think he played well against North Carolina. There was about five or six plays that he made mistakes. He's got to clean up. Two of them were just snap mis you know miscommunications or just you know muffing a snap. God, obviously clean those up. Um, and then there's just a couple times he was late reacting to some stunts, right? But I think overall he, he played well. Now this is another level playing against, sure. against Clemson. So is he capable of holding his own? Yeah, and, and that's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to come out and dominate Tyler Davis. He just needs to hold his own. He's compete. If, if Zeke Carell can kind of – and it won't – you know, there's be times when Tyler Davis is outside, he'll be against the guards a lot. It's not sure. like they're just going to line up Tyler right. Davis right over top of, of uh, Zeke Carell the whole game. He's going to be matched up against Niles Pinckney and other players throughout the game. But it's got to be a situation where he just holds his own. If if you can get a draw at center that's a under win. the current circumstances, that's a win. Exactly, yeah. Vince, you're right. That's a win. And so, right. uh, and no, it's, it's, it's good. Again, great minds think alike. <laughs> uh, so to me, you just have to limit the mistakes. And I don't think as a unit this has to be that this dominating – blowing Clemson off the ball performance. It's got to be what it's been all year, which is five guys playing together. Sure. And if they can do that, the 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 because here's the thing, Vince, when you're aggressive, the way that Clemson is going to be aggressive, I believe, if you guys just get a body on a body up front, this is what you tell them. If you get a body on a body up front, just don't get beat up front. We got running backs. Again, I'm looking at this from a coach's perspective. We've got running backs that, can make one guy miss. And we've seen that all year. If you just get a body on a body, whether it's the quarterback or the running backs, they can then do the rest. Mm-hmm. What you can't do is get beat up, beat into a gap, and it's just, you know, you're right, you're chasing the guy. Right. Keep a body on a body and then let the running backs make those cuts. And then that's going to be also where where Tommy Reese has to have some creativity to say, hey, you know, they got to do a better job protecting the backside with schematically than maybe they have in the past. They can't be as because Syracuse and North Carolina, flat out, I've talked to a couple sources close to the program about this. Syracuse and, and North Carolina both knew when the outside runs were coming. I mean, they were calling it out before the snap. So Notre Dame has to have some self-awareness of that and say, hey, 
whatever we're doing, there's tells that people know when our outside stuff is coming and they're, and they're flying to it, which is why that stuff hasn't been as successful. And when it has been successful, it's your dudes are just better than their dudes. Well, that's not going to be the same advantage against Clemson. So there's going to have to be some schematic stuff that kind of throws Clemson off the scent a little bit, right? Um, and if you do that and you just keep a body on a body, especially inside, just keep a body on a body. You don't have to dominate. You're not going to knock Tyler Davis 10 yards off the ball. Just don't let him knock you four yards off the ball. And if you do that, you can be successful. And, you know, that's easy to say, but the, to your original question, are do they have guys capable of doing that? I believe so. I believe Zeke Carell is capable of doing that. Um, and, and if he does, then Notre Dame should have some success. All right, I'm going to get my last matchup to watch. And it's a little bit of an odd one. Um, but I, look, I do have it written down, though, right there. So um, my next one is going to be James Skowski versus Ian Book. Hmm. And, and, sure. and the, re- the reason I went with that is because, look, James Skelsky is basically the quarterback of the defense. He's going to be, you know, making sure everybody's in the right spot, checks, calls, all that. Ian Book is going to have to be on his game mentally as well as physically. And there's going to be some times where he might have to check out of some bad looks mm-hmm. uh, and things of that nature. And so, to me, that's the captain of the offense versus the captain of the defense, uh, making sure you're putting your team – into a position to be successful and that's why i have those two guys not that they're going to be you know trying to block each other or anything like that but it's more of a the mental game the 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 chess match between those two uh when they're on the field so that that's going to be my other matchup to watch can i add to your matchup absolutely i also think here's here's what's not talked about james skowski is a good football player he's very veteran he's not as athletic as the young guys clemson played in the first matchup that's not so you can be in the right place, but if, if it comes down to James Skowski having to catch Ian Book in space, I'm a lot less comfortable if I'm a Clemson person. I'm a lot less comfortable with that than I am Trenton Simpson trying to chase him, you know, because that's a guy that's athletic enough to, to catch Ian Book, you know. Right. So Keith McGuire is another one, you know. And, so and I do that's think, another part of it. Yeah, and I do think that if Clemson is smart, they've got somebody to spy Ian Book because we've seen teams in the past, not every play necessarily, but when you're if you're going to go man-to-man – you better have somebody on Ian Book. That's a tremendous segue to my first and most important key to this game. Okay. And that is Tommy Reese against Brent Venables. Yeah, baby. That was mine last time. So And well, yes. And and that's going to be the thing is okay, you want to spy us. Here's what we're doing to hurt you with it. You know, and and part of that is counterpunching, right? Notre Dame's gonna have to counterpunch Clemson effectively in this game. That's part of being an offensive coordinator. But being a great offensive coordinator means we're anticipating effectively. We think we've got you scouted out. We've watched a couple years worth of your film. We've seen you in big games like this. We know what you like to do when you feel you don't have the superior players. So you go back and watch the LSU game. What are things they did to LSU early because they knew they didn't have the players LSU did, right? So those are things that you have to have a, an idea of as an offensive coach that you can not only counterpunch effectively, but then you can anticipate and attack effectively and if and if this comes down to just execution versus execution is equal but one coaching staff does a better job of attacking the other team's weaknesses and putting their players in position to be successful that's going to be the difference in this game and i truly believe that will be the difference in this game uh this is an opportunity for tommy reese to say hey you know we're gonna we're gonna out scheme you and they didn't out scheme clemson the first game they did not no i agree you scored on your first drive and your last drive. Right. That, that's it. You know, uh, that that's was right. about you had better players. 
simple as that. And and what Tommy Reese did a good job of is is putting his players in position to be better players. Uh, it's going to be more of an even even playing field, so to speak, this time with all the guys back. So sure. it's not a well; those guys are back. Notre Dame is screwed. No, it's now you got to kind of you got to coach at a level that you're asking your players to play at. Yeah, and and if he can do that, then I still think Notre Dame has the better unit in this matchup. Off their offense, I believe, is better than Clemson's defense with the personnel that's going to play on Saturday including yeah. not having Jarrett Patterson. I believe that. I believe Notre Dame has better players in Clemson, but it's not by much. And there's enough good matchups in Clemson's favor that if Notre Dame can't do something schematically to, to attack Clemson, who will be doing good stuff schematically, then that could be the neutralizer of that slight talent advantage. If Ian Book, or excuse me, if Tommy Reese can go toe-to-toe with Brent Venables, make some calls that really take advantage of what Clemson wants to do to generate some big play opportunities, then then that slight advantage becomes is, is a win or right, right. you can really grow it because you've now exploited Clemson in the areas where you have the physical advantage. Now you have a schematic advantage. So to me, above all other matchups, that to me is the most one. And you know, we could talk about Javon McKinley against Darian Kendrick and Sheridan Jones and Andrew Booth and you know Avery Davis and the tight ends against the safeties. Those are other matchups that I had. But the interior offensive line that you talked about, Vince, is a big one. Uh, and, and then and then I've the coordinator matchup. That's going to be a huge aspect of this game. And then for me, I don't have the Skalski book as a matchup. Yeah. But I think that is my number one key, which is. You want to win this game. If Tommy Reese calls a great doesn't call a great game, the key at the end of the day is going to be what what version of number 12 do we get? If we get the right. guy we got against BC and you know at time early against North Carolina and against Clemson at, at times and and the playmaker we've seen consistently the last four games, then then Notre Dame is going to have a chance to 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 stay in this game. And then it comes down to can your defense get a stop in the second half? And if this is a close game in the fourth quarter, I feel like this is a Notre Dame team that has a chance to go out there and get it done. I agree. Uh, you know what? Let's take one more quick break. We've got uh, one more sponsor that needs to get a word in edgewise, and that's Bet Online. So we'll, we're going to hear from Bet Online, and then we'll be right back to close things up. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, welcome back, Brian. We have uh, we've gone over our matchups. You kind of hinted around at your keys there. Uh, you know, you, I, I don't know if you got them all in, but uh, we, I want to get a couple of keys to victory before we sign off here. Yeah, like we talked about, obviously Tommy Reese has to counter punch and has to anticipate effectively. Yeah. Ian Book has to play at his best, but you know the, I think there's 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 two other matchups to me that are important. Notre okay. Dame has to control the edge. The tackles have to play well. That means pass protection has to be sound. 
and that has to mean they're really good on the edge in the run game. When the tackles are really run blocking well, this offense is really good uh, because they can get the stretch you need on the outside zones. They can pin down and just stone people. They can get to the second level. Robert Hainsey and Liam Eikenberg, in my opinion, is the best tackle tandem in the entire country. They have to play like it against Clemson. Yeah, and if do. they do that, then I think this team has a chance to be successful because that opens up so many opportunities for you from an execution standpoint to be effective. And then the final key to me is somebody has to step up that you're not expecting to step up. Now, yep. Yep. in the first game, for example, is Avery Davis. Yes, it was. You know, when the game was on the line, Avery Davis stepped up and made two huge plays on that final drive, not just the, the long 51-yarder, but to find himself to work back open, to find himself to get himself open on a third down pass play – was huge because if you don't make that play all of a sudden it's fourth and goal that's a lot of pressure uh you know so somebody like that's gonna whether it's a chris tyree whether it's tommy tremble michael mayer um it could be avery davis again but somebody other than ian book or javon mckinley uh it could be ben skoranek somebody other than their two stud three studs excuse me book williams mckinley somebody else or or hopefully two or three someone's have to step up with either big games or big plays. If it's a big game, that's, you know, that guy can make the three or four big plays. Uh, but, you know, Chris Tyree, getting him uh, an opportunity to make a big play. I hope that they give him a chance to do that in this game. They waited a little while to do that in the last game, and, and he made he made Syracuse pay for it. That's a weapon you have to utilize in this game. Yeah, Tommy Trumbull, Avery Davis, somebody among that group has to step up with either a big game or several of those guys need to make a big play at some point throughout the game. I think that, to me, is the final key uh, to, to really Notre Dame getting over the top and being able to win this game. Because, look, if it comes down to the last drive of the game, Clemson is not going to let Javon McKinley beat them. They're, they're just like, look, 88 not to beat yeah. Yeah. So who is going to be that guy? It was Avery Davis last time. Well, they may know that now. So who's that going to be? Is it going to be Skamronic, Trumbull, Mayer, uh, Brock Wright, Brady Chris Tyree? Braden Lindsay, who's that guy going to be? Yeah. And and that's to me that's 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 the difference between winning and losing these games. Remember when Clemson beat Alabama in the title game? It wasn't Mike Williams or Deshaun Watson uh, that made the huge play. It was Hunter Renfro. Yeah, right, right. And and that's kind of how you win these kind of games, in my opinion. And that's that. Oh. Those are my keys. Yeah, no, I agree. And you you kind of you we're on the same page again. I was going to say something along the lines of somebody needs to step up, and I was going to say. You know, someone in that freshman class, I think, needs to have a good game. And, and I, that, that includes the redshirt freshmen. But, you know, Zeke Carell, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, Michael Mayer, like that group of young guys, I, I really feel like this game is going to hinge on them. Because I think we're going to get what we get from some of the veterans. Uh, I'm not overly worried. I think, I think Javon McKinley is going to come out and play a good game. I, I, I'm hoping that I'm not laying my faith in the wrong place when I say that Ian Book is going to have a good game. Uh, I, I'm hoping that he can come forth, but I, I just think he's going to need some help. And yeah. uh, I mean, I've got my eyes on that young group, you yeah. know, and we'll we'll see what happens there. To me, Vince, like we could talk about, like they got to be good in the red zone, they got to move the chains, they they've got to you know take advantage of turnovers, and those are specifics that are a byproduct of the things right. we're talking about: sure. the tackles playing well, yeah. young people stepping up. Those things happen, then you are moving the ball on third down, you are turning red zone possessions into touchdowns, not field goals. You, you know what I mean? So, like yeah, to your absolutely. point. You talk about the freshman class has got to step up. Well, that would be like, I don't know, if you had a stud freshman tight end that didn't fall start on fourth and one or didn't drop a ball at the one yard line, right? Like that's exactly what we're talking about. Those 
that's why we're focusing on that aspect and not like, well, hey, you have to average X amount of yards per on first down, or you have to, you know, you have to move the third down to 15. All that's a byproduct of Ian Book playing well, of Tommy Reese having a big day, of the tackles playing like the studs they are, of secondary weapons stepping up to make plays. Those those things will result in the the specific statistical keys. Right or schematic keys being effective. And so that's why we avoided some of that conversation and focus more on at the end of the day, it's about players making plays. Yeah. And, and that's where third down success comes from. That's where red zone success comes from. And that's where ACC championships are won. Ooh, well done. That's, it's almost like you're a writer. I don't know where you get it from. So it took me 11 years to figure it out, but you know, we, we got it. <laughs> but that's going to do it for uh, this edition of Irish Breakdown. Make sure you stay locked in to irishbreakdown.com. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of stuff. And again, National Signing Day coming Wednesday, huge. Uh, we're going to have all kinds of stuff out about that class and, uh, you know, what it means to Notre Dame, et cetera. So make sure you stay locked in. And we will, of course, have another podcast uh, about uh, the, the Notre Dame defense versus the Clemson offense. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have our game predictions podcast on Friday. Of course, the game predictions podcast. Cannot forget that. So make sure you stay locked in. Subscribe uh, to our YouTube page. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And we will keep the information coming. Big week this week. We're really looking forward to it. And we're excited to bring you more information as we get it. So until next time, we'll talk to you next. Well, I said next time twice, but we're going to talk to you next time on Irish Breakdown Podcast. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.